legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. In a fast-paced world... Every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Today is the day you will lose fat. Come see Dr. T at NJ Diet. Easiest diet I've ever done. It's changed my life. Come see Dr. T. Using blood work and DNA testing. 1-855-5-NJ-DIET and njdiet.com. Change your life in only 40 days with NJ Diet. I wasn't asking about Michael Jackson. Um, now, I, and I, but kind of the bigger context. Like, when when is the when does the message of the lyrics? So, for example, um, and not to bring up Jay Z, but okay, "Where I'm From" is my favorite Jay Z song because uh, it tells a story. It kind of you know explains where he came from. But I imagine, and I could be wrong. I imagine if you're DJing at a club, putting that on on a Friday night. It's probably one of the things people do not want to hear because they're actually spent oh. in they're trying to escape their problems, right? Uh, I mean, I'll only do that again. Like if I, one of the jobs is to read the crowd, so if you know that they might like that, oh yeah, I've done it. But prime time, probably not. Right. Like imagine, and this is you know being older, but like imagine big pimping would be. I would play there, that yeah. before. Right. I would play where I'm from. Absolutely. But even now, I don't even, you know, like Jay-Z to kids, is that's, that's their parents' music. Right. Most kids don't want to listen to their parents' music. That's just facts, you know, even if it's good. Like, they're like, eh, it's old people's music. So, you know, but in your example, yeah, I would play, I have a place to put Big Pimpin' in before I could fit where I'm from in. However, again, if I am in the right crowd, oh yeah, I've dropped that. I've dropped Blue Magic. I've dropped, you know, the last song I've done is uh, "Can I Live a Lot?" Just because that's that's my favorite mm. of Jay's. Um, but the, what was the original question then? Uh, just uh, where do you come up on? I guess you know. I, I think that so. The, I think the beauty one of the one of the beauty it's about this music, I mean, rap, but also music in general is that it kind of forces us to to confront contradictions mm. uh, this makes oh. sense where like like politically or whatever like i might or or message wise i might hate for example hate a big pimping message but i know it's a dope song right mm. like and i understand why it's you know people listen to people like it and everything like that uh but you're kind of forced to, you kind of, in a weird way, forces your hand to be like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to play this or I'm going to listen to this, even though inside I'm hating it, you know. But as a DJ where you're, like you said, you're a public service, 
how do you what what happens when you know something's a great song or even let's go to Michael Jackson a great artist like Michael Jackson or even R. Kelly and there's this controversy that's happening now especially yeah. with him where do you do you try to stay away from that or does it do you play a Michael Jackson do you play you know I say well, I mean it, people will I've had arguments with people but undeniably like hip hop is just misogynistic music like right I mean yeah. if, just look <laughs> right. I, I don't know it's interesting because people will try to say no it's not no it's not and I I agree with that side too hip hop I've seen join the world. I've I've met people in when I went to Hong Kong. I told you I was writing that thing. I met people who couldn't speak a lick of English, not one lick, but they could recite the words to Dwick straight up. Right. And that all I needed to to hang out with someone is some kind of connection. That's it. We didn't we couldn't talk, but we could enjoy the song together. Mm. You know, that's also why I love. Uh, Food, food and music, they're universal languages. You don't, right. you know, I could be sitting with someone who speaks Portuguese only and we can eat a meal and we don't have to say one word to each other. We, <laughs> oh, this is good. Yeah. It's delicious. That's it. That's all we need. And that's the beauty of food and music in particular, which is one of the other things I'm into. But I mean, it honestly, there are. If if you work in this world as a DJ, you will contradict yourself if you have certain convictions. It's just fact. Like, you know, you can't say you're a progressive, you know, and then play a song like Big Pimpin'. Right, right. right. But, I mean, here I am. Right. I think... You know, the the excuse that most people give is, you know, this is exaggerated uh, reality, those type of things. Oh, you know, you know, just, you know, and and in some cases, I think it's very valid. You know, like the after police stuff and, you know, NWA, you know, this is not romanticizing necessarily. It's exaggerated reality of what we see every day to give you a view into what we our lives are like. Yeah, but. You know, our historically our music. You know, and I say our because I'm part of this now. Is uh, yeah, it's un- you know, not everything was like what Chuck D was spitting. Right. Right. Know? A lot of it is is ignorant. I don't know. You know, <laughs> the bigger picture of it. I if any qualms I had about it, I put those aside a long time ago. You know, I'm I'm actually you know I don't really like. Drink. I don't. When I DJ, with the exception of maybe I don't know once or twice, I've DJed how, how many years? Like I never drink when mm-hmm. I DJ. You know, and I am actually for a very long time. I didn't drink un, until I was twenty-seven years old, which is really late yeah. for most. And, but I was already DJing. You know, I make my money essentially off of people drinking. Right. Yeah. So am I promoting drinking? This is stuff I've actually thought about. I don't know. So does that make me evil? Right. I don't know. I guess if you want to go far back enough, you know, that was, you know, like when Ray Charles was making his music and taking gospel music and turning it into heathen music. And, right. you know, it's like that, you know, 
it, it is a slippery slope if you go back far enough, but I guess you got to figure out what you take to heart and what is just entertainment. Because, you know, I like John Wick. I, I think those are great movies, but I'm, I don't think the average person should have guns, you know, right, not an right. AK-47. You know, I don't want to see anyone actually die. You know, so I guess that's the kind of the mindset I have as far as that. Now, the interesting thing about what's happening now with Michael and ours is just that if, if you look back far enough and you want to scrutinize all our heroes, our heroes are shit. Yeah. Like, that's just fact. Pick someone. Like, some, you're, you're going to find something wrong. And, you know, obviously there's a spectrum. Mm-hmm. Some are really wrong. Some are whatever. Uh, if you look at Gandhi's writings, like Gandhi was a peaceful man and he did a lot for certain people, but he did not write very well about African, not about African people. Not at all. Like he's almost basically an enemy. Yeah. Uh, Muhammad Ali, who I've met and I love at one point in his life, he actually met with the KKK because he didn't believe the, the races should mix. Like, yeah, you know, okay, so does that mean I stop liking Muhammad? Right. You know, Muhammad Ali? Or, you know, uh, James Brown beat his wife. Right. Okay, so that means we can't listen to hip-hop at all. Because all it's, his shit, yeah. all, everything's happened from him. So, all I'm saying is, like, if you're going to be one way, you're probably going to have to cut everything out. The only people who can honestly keep that level of you know consistency are people who are monks like that don't live in this world because eventually we're going to do something that is hypocritical i i i you know i think climate change is important but i got a phone that probably some you know poor kid had to dig in a mine to get the the metal for that's fact right you know it doesn't bother me absolutely I'm trying to make life better in the other ways and make changes as much as I can. You know, kind of interesting that like, I don't know, like AOC. Yeah. So, you know, they're giving her shit about driving a, a normal van as opposed to yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, so. like that. Like, like, come on guys. Sure. You have a point, but this is the real world. You know, like it, right. your, your example is ridiculous, you know? So I think it's kind of like that for me. So, Honestly, for me, I've never really called for any ban of any artist. Because, yeah, eventually you're going to go on the li- go down the line and you're going to cut everyone out and possibly only listen to Christian music right. or, you know, Buddhist chants <laughs> <laughs> from some obscure old man in the Himalayas. Or you're going to have to realize, yeah, we're all flawed human beings. And we, you know, I guess celebrate what good we can put out to the world i guess i don't know beyond that you know that goes for everything i mean we denounce columbus but any landowners ask a landowner if you're going to give your land back to a, a native yeah it's just no right now you're right like who would i know i've actually met people who have done that who have like they've bought land and they're like, you can come live on it. But to, like, you know, in Wyoming and out there, and I know people who do that. 
could I honestly say I would do that? Probably not, not without, you know, hurting myself and hurting my family. It would be difficult. So, yeah, these are things I think about and I'm interested to see what happens. It, on my timeline, though, it's been interesting because all the people who have almost unequivocally, the people who denounce R. Kelly immediately are defending Michael, which I find That's really interesting. interesting and unfortunate. That, and I, I, I don't know. You know, the thing is, I think the trick in, in our lives is we got to do something so great that all of the shitty stuff we do, everyone kind of looks away. Yeah. I, and that seems to be the thing. Like just go down the line. All our heroes are shit. What's also with Michael. I feel like he's such a, I was thinking, you know, I have two kids and I was part of this documentary coming out, but I mean, we obviously the allegations when we were kids growing up, you know, we knew that he was in the news. Um, and you realize how much of a, of a of a soundtrack he is to our lives, of course. You know, like you know how many hits he had of that course. were incredible, and this question that the Michael Jackson I was came up. I was thinking about asking you what came up after we were playing Spotify at home last night, and Michael Jackson came on, and I told my son, I was like, "Hero, this is uh, Michael Jackson," mm. and he's six, and he had an attitude about it. But and then in my mind, I was like, "Wait, should I be telling him? Mm-hmm. You know, like should I be trying to push more Michael Jackson music onto him?" But because he's such a fabric of my life when I was a kid, but yeah, I mean, I think that might be why everyone's defending him. Like, it's almost like you know, the people you admire are reflections of yourself, and no one wants to look feel bad about themselves. I guess essentially, right? And I think that's that's what it ends up being. Um, I don't know what the answer is, but honestly, for me, it's like I said, I've already made peace that most of the, most of our heroes are really crappy people, right. you know, and what we got, you know, what we choose to do with that information is entirely up to every individual. I guess the problem is when I've heard people say ridiculous stuff like, you know, if, if you still support R. Kelly, you're like, a, you're just exactly the same as a Trump supporter. I'm like, that's a little far-fetched, yeah, buddy. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that same thing, and that same person also defended Michael. Michael. Jackson. I'm like, just be consistent, you know, or just don't say nothing, which right. is what I do. I want to obviously a hard transition to make out, but I want to um, talk about influences and music influence uh, on um, on your on your bittersweet mixtape. So I have this thing. Sorry, backlog. And I know you don't have that much time, so I'll try to be quick. Um, Stevie Wonder references in hip-hop are a lot. Yeah. Like, you know, Blind Like Stevie, DMX, The Roots have said it, and so many artists talk about it. Uh, you start out the mixtape with Stevie Wonder. Bittersweet, uh, yeah. Um, what has Stevie's Wonder, Stevie, Stevie Wonder's impact been on you as an artist, and why do you think he's so popular amongst uh, rap artists? I mean, I, I guess just the music he's made. He is one of those artists that have been able to evolve. I mean, he's been an artist since he was a child, you right. know, and that's hard. It, most, I mean, look at the average pop artist. They have, what, a lifespan of two, three years at most before they just fall off. Right. It's pretty yeah. rare. 
like Jay, Jay is a rarity. Like look at all his contemporaries, Ja Rule, DMX, you know, they were all in a cover of a magazine together, like, yeah, you know, in jail or should be in jail. <laughs> and, you know, so his longevity, I think is one thing. Um, you know, his talent, I mean, people, his talent is so great. People forget he's blind. Like, yeah, yeah. like that's like the last thing I think about. You know, sometimes it's that's the first thing. Oh, well, he happens to be blind and he can play the piano. Like, I don't even remember that he's blind. Yeah. Like, that's how good the dude is. So I think it's all those things. Uh, you know, just like at, you, what you said about hip hop is, uh, you know, Michael was a fabric of your life. I think that's his music is was a fabric of a lot of people's lives. A, a lot of times I, I kind of refer to like the old Eddie Murphy um, skits he used to talk about Stevie a lot you know people will get real sensitive if yeah. you make fun of Stevie you know because he's so beloved you know so yeah I think it's just a lot of it is that you know there's just artists like that that kind of transcend even his most horrible stuff I, I would always remember though is interesting when I was growing up when I became musically conscious was the terrible part of his you know, I just called to say I love you and <laughs> all that stuff. <laughs> so when I first got introduced to him by hip hop, I'm like, who the, the Dion Warwick dude? Like, you want me to like him? <laughs> so I had to go back Man. in his back catalog to find all the other stuff to be like, oh, that's what you're talking about. <laughs> okay, yeah, okay. We can forget about the, I just called to say I love you. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, you you came up at a time, and obviously I came at a time. Uh, you being more significant in this question is uh, where where and you we talked about it how rap wasn't played on the radio; it was very obscure. Uh, so you were you were obviously finding different genres of music to listen to. Mm -hmm. uh, we're at a time now, and a little before this, that you have a generation of artists, uh, rappers, DJs coming up where rap is the number one genre and rap is their influence. Mm. Um, how do you think that has changed the art of the DJ and even the art of the MC having a rapper as your influence versus maybe even mm. a Stevie wonder as your direct influence? So I could speak to one aspect of it. I think pretty easily. Um, you know, well, one of the jobs of the DJ before was to maybe be obscure or to kind of find unknown gems. And uh, I don't know if it works the same now. You know, when you say hip-hop is the number one genre, what comes along with that is that a lot of money is involved. Once money is involved, it's different. So it's no longer the 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 fan base that you're working with now. When I was younger and growing up, you could have a gatekeeper, like a like a stretch, you know, and like the wake up show guys on the West Coast, and you you could have one almost centralized situation because the fan base was all similar people, you know. Either musically they were trying to find something new mm -hmm. or uh, they were 
you know, economically disenfranchised, you know, minority or, you know, something, something always kind of joins like-minded people somehow. They all find it. Uh, but um, now your fan base, you know, you saw like the same people that like 50 Cent are the same people that like Taylor Swift. And, and now the same people who like Taylor Swift are the same people who like Kendrick Lamar. So you're not working with the same situation now. You need to, if you're a DJ anyway, your job is to kind of please both sides. Mm. Right? So it's a little, makes for me anyway, DJing kind of difficult. So before when you would read the crowd, if I played, I don't know, say I played Mary J's Lodge song and then I played a Jackson 5 song. I kind of knew I could play a Stevie Wonder song and I knew I could maybe play a Gap Band song. But nowadays, I don't know. You know, they know the Jackson 5 song, but they also will go crazy if you play Mo Bamba. <laughs> so where are you supposed to go? Right. You know, it, it's harder to build the lines. But with technology like Spotify and, you know, when we used to listen to music, we had to... We couldn't pause a song. We couldn't get rid of a song. We had to listen to whatever the DJ played. Right. We had no control. These kids are growing up in an age where they don't like a song. They, Switch, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, so they have all the control. I don't know if they even hear music the same way. I don't think they care about transition. I don't think they care about energy. All they care is like, I love Mo Bamba. I want to hear it right now, even though it's 8 p.m. and there's only five people in the club. Okay. That's what I want to do. And... From what I could tell from the DJs who are getting, you know, hired, the DJs I've seen, half the time it doesn't matter. Like, they're terrible DJs, but they have some kind of name associated with them. Uh, they're a, a model slash DJ or a designer slash DJ or celebrity slash DJ. And that's all people care about to get people in the door. Right. Like, you know, if Shaq messes up a mix, you think anyone's going to boost, yeah. boost Shaq? No. That's Shaq. <laughs> Right? So, you know, with the bigger question, I think it's made DJing kind of weird as far as like me personally as a hero, like what, well, how do I feel it's changed? I mean, I don't know for the kids. I don't know if it, the process has changed at all. Like, you know, you get influenced by stuff and you, you know, you work off of that. I'm sure still people still get influenced off of Stevie. My argument for recently to me, like, this will often come up, come up when people ask, like, who's a bigger artist, Jay-Z or, or Kanye? Now, obviously, I'm a Jay guy, you know, and even more than that, I'm a Nas guy because I'm from Queens. But mm. if you listen to all the hip-hop that's out right now, it's directly influenced by 808 and Harp, you know, but by Kanye. Right, yeah. Like, direct. The singing, the use of auto-tune, right. the weird beats. That's all. If that album didn't come out, who knows what people would be rapping like? That's all from that. And I'm positive most of them would say, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that was one of my favorite albums when I was a kid growing up. And, um, you know, they just got influenced by someone like that. And maybe that's exactly what Stevie was. Stevie was that. He, Stevie's huge, yeah. right? So, yeah, I could see it. that aspect of it not really changing too much. But for me as a DJ, like I said, 
because hip hop is so big now, that changes what I'm trying to do. I think with MCs, I think interestingly enough, it if you're out there and you're like, well, I want to be a successful MC. Okay, well, I guess I got to mumble rap now. Right. You know, as opposed to before, it was like, okay, I want to be a successful MC. Okay, I got to do the South, you know. Yeah, yeah. I sound like T.I. And I got to sound like, like oh, I want to be a successful MC. Okay, I got to sound like KRS. I got to sound like, like Rakim. I, I'm pretty sure that's the one way those type of things have changed. But, you know, every so often you get that one person who maybe bucks it a little bit. I think J. Cole is a good example. I mean, J. Cole is, sounds like an older school MC. Yeah. I think he's been able to maneuver his talent in that mumble rap namespace really well. You know, I, I went on tour with him when we were with Jay. And, you know, he opened up for Jay, maybe did three songs, four songs, and there would be like, even though it was a stadium, I don't know, maybe total like 100, 200 people there because they were just still coming in. Right. I remember him being that. And now he's selling out freaking the garden by himself. Right. Like, that's fucking crazy. In 10 years. It's incredible. Yeah. And I, you know, I think his ability to do that to that level too ha has to do with hip hop being so big now. If hip hop wasn't that big, he couldn't sell out the garden. You know, can you imagine Brand New being even at their height selling out the garden? Right, right. I don't know. I mean, Run DMC did, but Run DMC was also, you know, Walk This Way, Run DMC. I don't know if Brand Nubian would would ever get would have been that big. Besides, that's one of the things I always knew about me as a DJ. I'm a hip-hop DJ from that era. Like, we're small room DJs. I have I have been lucky to do some big festivals. I, I did something called Clock and Flap. And what was interesting was I wasn't playing a lot of, at the time, like, the high-energy you know, I wasn't really playing Barbara Streisand 120, mm -hmm. 130 BPM stuff. I was playing like the next episode, Dre. But because of the audience, they hear that hip hop so little, even though it was a huge audience there. Oh my God, I haven't heard this in forever. And they, yeah. they were loving it. And um, I think, you know, it's like everyone, you just have to find your audience. Right. And for you know, I've been fortunate to kind of been a be able to navigate this long. So yeah, I've been DJing now for what? Since I was twenty one, so approaching twenty four years. Wow. Not bad. Not bad. <laughs> I'll take You're it. You're doing well. It. You're doing well. We pro we probably got like five more minutes, so yeah. Uh quick question. You mentioned we're above Madison Square Garden. Yeah. Future of the Knicks, what's going on with them? <laughs> So, I mean, I wouldn't call it that I have insider insider information, but I do know people there. And I, if I was a betting man, I'd be I'd be really surprised if KD doesn't come to the Knicks. I, I'm pretty sure it's just already written in stone. Uh, the only thing that might stop it is all this kind of media shit that yeah. people that they they've stated they don't like. But beyond that. Katie and Kyrie? I don't know Katie. about Kyrie. 
but I'm almost positive. I'd be really, really shocked if we don't. And, you know, I, I don't, I, I was obviously a Knicks fan forever, but there was a big chunk when I kind of stopped. Basically, when I became DJ Neil Armstrong, right. like all, all my energy was put toward uh, whatever our shows and battling and blah, blah, blah. So when the Knicks made it the last time in 1999, I guess, like I, w- I wasn't even watching. Mm. I was just so busy, whatever, doing all the, the DJ stuff. I w- obviously, I was a fan and I was like, yeah, okay, we lost in four. <laughs> <laughs> We got swept, yay! Okay, I, you know, I didn't sit there and sulk for freaking twenty hours like I do now, again. But you know, I, I know when we were shooting for LeBron, I don't think that was like a written in stone. Right. That, that was a sh- we were shooting our shot. I don't know if organizations shoot their shot anymore. Right. And I could be wrong because LA didn't get Anthony Davis, and that you know I mean, they were. And that was that should have been written, and it, it it has happened before. I know, for example, oh my God, what's my man's name? Dwight Howard. When he stayed with Orlando, he was, I believe, supposed to go to the Nets. I'm, and internally, I was told that this he's gone. Right after All Star break, he's gone, but he ended up staying. I don't really know and and no one knew no one you know no news was put out there i don't know if we work that way anymore you know with the the new you know lebron and um what's his agent's name something paul oh no yeah you know i I don't know if i think there's a lot of tipping of the scales and manipulation and if you want to call it that you know charles called it collusion right you know on on tnt i don't know if it's quite that but I don't know if people make moves without, you know, this level right. of, look, you know, you don't have to sign nothing, but right. we'll do this if we, if, if you say you will. Right. And we'll I, put places in place for yeah, you. We'll, yeah. yeah. And I mean, we gave up Porzingis, who was written as like the, the future of the franchise for like, you know, for the right. last three years and. After one meeting, like yeah. after one meeting, you know, what, what the hell? I was like, Phil Jackson did something right, for Pazingas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, you know, an interesting sub-story is that, you know, forever, Phil was trying to get rid of Melo, and everybody was mad at that, but, okay, Melo left, and look what happened to him. Right. Like, I'm really surprised no one's taken that hot take of, sorry, Phil, you were right. Right, yeah, no, agreed, yeah. And no one has, and... Um, yeah, and I, I've, when Porzingis got traded, I was definitely surprised, I would say upset, because it's, you know, our history of imploding the team is just not good. Right. You know, how many times have we done that with success? I, I, pretty sure it's zero. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty sure. I, I don't remember once. Uh, Right? Never. You know, technically we've built through the draft, Ewing. Right when when have we traded like and it's been, woo. <laughs> I don't. I can't. I don't think so. Right. But my understanding is that all the Knicks fans out there, if you're listening, <laughs> don't worry. Katie's we should coming. be good. We should be good. But yeah, you know, 
if I was a betting man, I'd put money that we were good, unless, like I said, something funky goes entirely wrong. We'll get at least that one person in. I, you know, I'm pretty sure it's KD. Yeah. But after that, I don't know. And it's interesting because people almost think like, uh, granted, I think KD is that life-changing guy. Yeah. You know, he he is that franchise changer. I know I know LeBron's not doing well in in right now, but I mean, if you look at his history, he, you add that one him one dude to the team, and it's Incredible. not the same yeah. team anymore. Yeah. I, I think KD is going to do that for the Knicks. I don't know if we're ever going to win a championship, but my understanding internally that is that the new regime is doing everything right as opposed to before. So, it, like some insider stuff that I I found out, like with KP, and it wasn't you know Phil did try to shop him, you know Phil did try to trade him. Mm. I, don't, I don't think people remember that. You know, there's there's reason for Porzingis not to feel so great over here. Right. Uh, the one thing that I have heard, not internally, but just in the news, was like, I guess they weren't trying to offer him a max contract. And I think that might, I, I think that's somewhat legitimate. Yeah. Uh, legitimate, I said. You know, some people are going to beat down my neck. Like, what are you talking about? He, he got hurt. He didn't prove nothing. But like, look, you you... Tell this guy you're the man for the last three years, and then you pull the. If if you were at your job and they're like, "Yo, you're you're gonna run it. You're gonna run everything," and they're like, "Sorry, B, we can only give you vice presidents. You know, right, yeah, first exactly, spot. Yeah. Are you gonna be like? Why are you telling nah, me? Yeah, nah, nah. I'm not doing this. I can go over there, and be the president. F y'all. Right. Like, just put yourself in that position. Like, tell me you wouldn't do the exact same thing. Or would you be like, oh, yeah, okay, the Knicks fans are great. <laughs> I'm going to stay here and be the vice president. <laughs> like, get the fuck out of here, man. Y'all are ridiculous. Bleep that out if the curses aren't allowed. <laughs> All right, so I got maybe five more minutes left. Oh, man. What else do we got? Uh, uh, actually, if you, I, I, I wanted to, you, you mentioned the 5th Platoon mm. um, earlier, and it's been 20-plus years, right? Yeah, 22, um, I guess, now. What, 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 real quick, I know you mentioned it a little bit, but who who were they? Who are they? So the Why did you guys start? The Fifth Platoon is myself, DJ Daddy Dog, DJ Rolly Roll, DJ Cotton Candy, JG, DJ Doughboy, uh, Vin Rock, and the last dude that joined us was a kid named I Emerge, and he won the USA Championships twice in a row in a whole gangload of other stuff when he was at his height of battling um we got together i guess that's what you did back then you know if you found a click you're like all right this, this is my click this is my crew and we rose through the ranks pretty quickly um you know like i said six months within six months um we went from kind of being nobody to being i don't know top five DJ crews, if not in the world, in, you know, in the United States. Wow. And I, and I say this, like, I'm a humble dude, and I'm not a, a arrogant dude, but this is just factual. You know, it was the B, you know, B Junkies, ISP, X-Men, you know, before the Allies came around and blew everyone's minds out, like, we were right yeah. up in there, right after that. Um, so... I think we 
joined together. One of the other things too is we we all happen to be Asian American, and I use that not all of us. So uh, one of us is half Arab, and uh, I emerge as just a normal Jewish guy. <laughs> um, but Jewish Asian, <laughs> basically. <laughs> But yeah, he, um, I guess, you know, that might have been one of the things that kind of joined us together because, you know, it it is, there wasn't a lot of Asian faces in hip hop in New York and, and anywhere, you know, to like Chad Hugo. Um, there was a bunch of cliques back then, like the Mountain Brothers. There was this clique out of Chicago that I'm I'm a terrible friend. I just forgot their name right now. On on the on the West Coast, there was a lot more, you know, Asian uh, presence, mm. like with Cubert and those guys, Mixmaster Mike Apollo, but not in New York. And was that an obstacle? I never viewed it as an obstacle. <clears throat> Some people might. I think actually, back then, in in the battle scene anyway, if you're Asian, most people are kind of like, okay, this guy got some shit. <laughs> 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 kind of like, you know, like. You know, I'm going to bet on the the Asian or the white dude in a, in a MC battle. Just like, right? <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> oh, my God. What was my homeboy's name? I haven't been to a battle in a while. He was part of um, the Brown Bag All-Stars. Had a really deep voice. Soul Con. <sighs> you know, if you just saw him on the street, you wouldn't think he's the one, but... I'm going to bet on Soul Cop <laughs> to whoop someone's ass right now. <laughs> um, yeah, so I didn't view it as an obstacle. I think it wasn't for us anyway, but we were part of that pure, real hip-hop side that was, I think, more just, yo, let's rock. Let's yeah. just rock together. When I got thrust into the the whole Jay-Z thing, for sure, I'm sure people were like, who fuck's this guy? Because it would literally, it's like, you know, all the rock boys are black. It's me and a bunch right. of black dudes. So I can't help but stick out like a sore thumb. <laughs> but yeah, I would like to think that every time I've that's come up, that people are like, okay, nah, he's cool. He's mm-hmm. doing his thing. Um, but yeah, so I've never experienced any anything negative from us being Asian if anything it kind of helped us kind of stand apart yeah I would say yeah nice uh, I know you probably have to should go but yeah, uh, yeah. hold on two, two more minutes two minutes got? oh man uh, <laughs> well you know what here this is what I'm gonna do I'm gonna see what time the, the train leaves that's what we'll do uh, look, but yeah keep asking me questions until, um, uh, <laughs> I gotta roll Quickly, I'm actually about, tech, actually, actually about technology. Um, mixtapes on vinyl versus, and mixtapes on cassettes, cassettes, so to say, mm-hmm. versus mixtapes on digital. Mm-hmm. What's the kind of the major differences in terms of the purpose behind the mixtape in these platforms and what's kind mm-hmm. of the similarities? Well, I think these days, unfortunately, most people just don't buy music. Um, it's hard to convince people, especially kids. Like, kids don't even know what mp3s are right, like i uh, have friends who are like my kids don't know what mp3s are because they don't use it they use title and they use stream, spotify yeah. and they they stream so they, they're like what's an mp3 um and those kids 
you know, they pay what, 10 bucks a month? So convincing someone to pay $10 for an hour's worth of music, most people from this era is like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Right. So most people nowadays, if they put out a mixtape on, on, you know, on the internet, it's for free. They right. do it for free, um, which is unfortunate. Honestly, I think that's one of the reasons why the mixtape culture died because most of the artists who were doing it kind of realized they couldn't monetize it anymore. Um, it's not like it used to be at all. I am probably one of the few people who still can sell mixtapes or even tries to, but you know, I'm doing it by the whole dinner and a mixtape right. thing. And I do like the cassette USBs to make it have this other aspect, right. you know, that you're of nostalgia. And I kind of partner it. The whole thing with the dinner thing is that your average dinner, especially in like New York, I don't know, you can easily spend a hundred, hundred fifty dollars if you're getting drinks, appetizers, if there's two people. So when you say if your music is playing in the background, if my mixtape is playing, and the wait, waiter has it, and the you know the customer is like, "Oh my god, yo, I haven't heard this song in ages. What's playing right now?" Waiter's like, "Oh, uh, this is DJ Neil Armstrong's new mixtape. We actually have it here for sale." And how much is it? Oh, ten bucks. Oh, here. But a part of that, yeah. yeah. I've already spent one hundred fifty bucks. Which is ten more dollars? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So, and that's kind of how it was born. Um, so yeah, the purpose is sort of the same you know to get your work out to get your name out but like i said in the internet age it's hard to monetize it directly the way it used to be like you know you when kid capri put his stuff out you know you're selling it 20 bucks a pop out of the you know his car and whatnot and you can't really do that now mm. like it's, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, impossible yeah. to do that but, it's strange for me to <laughs> I listened to the uh, the bittersweet mixtape, but I was listening to it on Spotify. Oh, you did? Yeah, it was, get out of here! Yeah. When was it on Spotify? Is is it on Spotify now? I think so. Because I'm not getting paid anything for that. What's going am on I, Spotify? Am I not? <laughs> am I not on the right one? No, it might be. Let me double double check. Uh, I I don't know. Honestly, I don't even know how that works. But if it's on Spotify, is that right? Or is that just your playlist? No, that's me. <laughs> but it's weird listening. Like it's weird that the the, the idea that mixtape and what was that? wait, wait, what was? Where's my money, Spotify? What's going on? <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. I'm gonna send you this link. Um, yeah, send me, you guys send me that link. <laughs> um, you should listen to this new link. This new uh, mixtape I'm sending you right now. <laughs> Unbelievable, but it's just way like the concept of a mixtape being a sh- 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 you know being a stream playlist when you're you're so used to like the physical cassette you know. Mm. Um, do you have any time? Do you have time or? I have five more minutes and then I got to roll or my wife's gonna kick my ass. Oh, okay, that's not good. <laughs> um, I, mean, I just wanted to ask you real quickly about so so how's this the sound sound wise? How is that you know like the sound of a cassette or sound of music off a cassette versus sound of music off digital platform. Um, I guess what's like the, the essence of the mixtape in terms of sound? How is that? Like quality, the quality, quality, or even like, you know, like some people describe like, um, you know, my music on vinyl sounds warmer, Um, you know, I don't know, man. That's a interesting question. Unfortunately, you know what? My ears are pretty blasted from the DJ club. (laughs) So I'm not one of those audiophiles. I will admit, though, 
when I produce a mixtape a certain way. So sometimes I'll do it where, usually, usually I've done it where I take a song and I run it through my turntables and then essentially record it back into a computer. It does sound different than when I take an MP3 and like you can actually work in like Ableton, for example, and just time stretch stuff to, mm. to beat match. And I've had to do that in the past or I've done it just because I was working on something quick mm-hmm. and it sounds different because you're not going through an extra analog right. piece. It's just taking that MP3. So I hear stuff sonically like maybe a, a song that sounds flat, you know, like a, there's a symbol that's supposed to sound like it's coming from back there. But when I do it through the turntables, by the time it gets back in, it sounds like it's right, there. right next to oh. the, you know, oh, kick. Like it loses that spatial aspect. When I've done stuff in Ableton, it keeps it. Mm. So that might be a, a reason to do stuff internally as opposed to running it through um however my process is definitely i'm i'm a you know turntable guy so i still like doing stuff that way as opposed to just dropping it into ableton and letting the program do the work like i i'm used to doing the work so yeah turntables with vinyl uh whenever i've done my one of my original mixtapes it's all on vinyl okay even the new stuff um yeah, but I did like a, a mixtape. The last mixtape I did was, um, and actually that's not true. I I did use, I did use Pro Tools to pass it through, but I've been messing around with like a new wave mixtape that I was just testing out, mm-hmm. and I hear stuff when I just place it into Ableton. That's really different. I right, well, let's see what time two twenty one. You know what, man? No, we should, we should go. We should wrap. Go. Yeah, I'll drop up. <laughs> DJ Nils Armstrong has to go catch yes. a train. Uh, I gotta go pick up my daughter from uh, from preschool because she can't walk home yes. by herself yet. So <laughs> we we've been, it's gonna be a while for that. Um, damn! Thank you so much, man, for taking yeah, time. Absolutely, it's been really an honor. If if you want to hear more, I don't know, check the podcast and let us. Neil, we need more. Yes. I'll come back. Cool, man. Thank you. So much. are true overwhelming power sauce of destiny yes the most legendary sauce has arrived as mcdonald's transforms into the anime world of wickdonald's the greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili mcdonald's sauce to make your 10-piece wick nuggets fries and sprites ultra powerful unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at wickdonald's ba-da-ba-ba-ba go i participate in mcdonald's for a limited time while supplies last In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.